Uh oh. Are we connected to the internet? Should be. We're all good. We're recording video, it just won't be live. That's live. <laughs> you're on, you're on. Why are you still? <laughs> you still that? Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> hey everyone, uh, Robert Nixon here with Anti-Social Rewind with uh, Taylor Stevens. He's with, uh, he's a lawyer with T.S. Kittle Spencer. Um, you want to introduce yourself and say hi? Uh, that's about the gist of it. I'm a lawyer with T. Skittle Spencer here in Campbell River. Um, yeah, and uh, Robert talked me into having this chat today. So yeah, excited to to get into it. Awesome. He uh, he he was a huge help for me a while back. I think it was about a year ago now. But we had some we had some tough stuff he worked through with me. So it was that good. was certainly a challenging uh, file. Yeah, we'll leave sure. it at that. I suppose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't want to get details. Um, so we did the profile assessment with him because we had a few extra minutes and. Uh, Taylor's also a green planet like me, so I'll, I'll be nice when I talk about what green planets are like. But, <laughs> um, so green planets, basically, they don't show emotion easily or often. That's, that's what you see of them. Business-like and serious. He's a business-like, for sure. In matter, uh, may not appeal casual or friendly. So that, I don't know that's, yeah, not appear casual or friendly. So like sometimes we come off as not, not friendly. But gestures from the head. Hand movements used to explain or show models, etc. Shows frustrations that others do not understand. Frig, how do you he must have frustrations a lot because lawyers are hard to understand sometimes. <laughs> All this fancy wording. Uh, what you hear from them, ask why questions, so seeking to understand, ask many questions, seeking to understand, uh, may take time to respond, thinking through, respond negatively to incorrect information, points out errors or mistakes quickly. They want to improve on ideas shared in conversation. Um, he's also the same as me as uh, Orange Sky, another end we'll go over it, but it's kind of interesting because, I mean, we're, we're definitely different people, but it makes sense that that personality would be right. a lawyer because you obviously dig into things, right? Not the first time <laughs> I've uh, taken a personality test like that and someone who knows me saying, oh, yeah, all right, this is, these are the results, yeah. And so... Uh, Not surprised by Yeah, I, I seem to have a type that I <laughs> yeah. line up pretty closely with, I suppose, so... For sure. So we're going to ask him a few questions and hopefully there'll be some insight and value into uh, what he does. Uh, first of all, how long have you been a lawyer? Uh, five years. Five years? What did you do before that? Anything? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, was a student for uh, five years and then three years after that. Uh, oh. I took just enough time off in between uh, to do... Uh, a little bit, nothing so comprehensive that you'd call a career, but uh, I've worked in a good number of liquor stores, so I'm fairly familiar with that. Uh, I worked in Thrifty Foods uh, for a number of times in the 2000s, and I think in the store that I worked in, if there were 12 departments or something like that in the store, I worked at one point in nine or 10 of them, um, <laughs> even if just for a day or two here and there. So uh, yeah, so when I, if I go to the liquor store, I go to the deli counter, um, I usually know, have a pretty good idea of what I want and, uh, have lots of empathy for the people on the other side, so. <laughs> for sure. Interesting. Yeah, eight years school, eh? How, so that yeah, I mean, the first bit was supposed to be four years, but I took five years, oh, um, okay. just cause it's... There's more to life than head down in a book. So that could go either kinda... way, though. You could have been that could be because you're slower because you wanted extra training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. kind of felt like uh, both sometimes. Yeah, so sure. <laughs> it's a long time to to get where I mean. Well, we've been in school for a long time before that, but it's different, right? Because you got to support yourself and make a living too. While you're, yeah. While you're doing it. What What made you decide to become a lawyer, and why you're passionate about it? Um, honestly, uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine. Uh, about eight months after I'd graduated uh, university, my first degree, undergrad degree, uh, told me that he was writing uh, the law school entrance exam. Wow. And so uh, that got me sort of thinking about it a little bit. And I remember that when I graduated uh, from my undergraduate, like the day of the ceremony, my mom was kind of gently saying, like, oh, like, why don't you take, why don't you take the LSAT? Why not? Like, just, just to see like what would happen. And at the time, after five years, I was ready to be done with school. And so at the time it was kind of, mom, I just don't think that I'm going to take this test that has nothing to do with anything. Um, but yeah, that, that friend of mine uh, going to law school got me sort of thinking through it a little bit more. Um, the job I had at the time was also 
not particularly inspiring. So I had lots of time on my own uh, in my uh, own little thoughts to think about what I might do other than that job. And it uh, set me on the process uh, towards law school. So nice. What sorry? What is it, Elsa? Is that the legal the law exam? Yeah, Elsa? it's the law school. So she wanted you to challenge it? test or something. Oh, like I said you get in. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So you did do that eventually. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, two years later, as I was studying for the LSAT, I'm sure my mom derived a certain amount of satisfaction from uh, from seeing that. So. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah. she was, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> is there any particular area of law that you practice in? Um, uh, family court, small claims, real estate? Uh, yeah, of the items on your list there, real estate is really the one out of those three. Uh, if people are familiar with the distinction between barrister and solicitor practice, uh, I am a solicitor rather than a barrister. Right. Uh, that distinction is much more common in the United Kingdom. Uh, so Brits will immediately go, oh, a solicitor, not a barrister. Um, but it's not as common in Canada outside the legal profession, but it's, it's basically the, uh, sort of stay at the office and draft things, negotiate things. Uh, it's a little bit more sort of cooperative. It's, it's not the going to court litigating aspect so much. So, uh, real estate, plenty of conveyances or people have a commercial lease they're about to offer someone or someone's wondering if they'll accept, uh, things like easements, restrictive covenant covenants, pardon me. Uh, yeah. And also corporate and commercial stuff, wills and estates as well. Mm. Um, yeah. And then if things are going poorly and it is time to get into a courtroom and, uh, yell at each other, um, it sort of leaves my focus and expertise. We've got other people in the firm who right, so you focus on what Yeah, there are other people in the firm whose expertise is the going to court, the procedural and the, the tactical that way. And so uh, it's quite nice that um, all that we've got to word this just right stuff they can refer to me yeah. and the <laughs> okay, these people aren't cooperating anymore. I think we need to go to court. I've got someone happy to do that that I can refer to. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. How much experience do you have as a lawyer in dealing with real estate transactions? Obviously, uh, bit, yeah, I've been doing it uh, basically the entire time as a lawyer. Uh, so you know, we've got them coming and going uh, every month. Whether that's very basic, uh, sort of realtor-driven purchases and sales, whether that's uh, something a little bit more complicated and commercial, where either the financing is much more complicated in the commercial realm or or you know the interests uh that are being bought and sold are a little bit more complicated that way um but i mean i i think even in law school and before that i i liked a lot of the land based stuff as well um at one point when i'd finished my undergrad degree a part of me sort of thought boy urban planner that seems like a found out about that one too late um (laughs) So, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be an architect or an urban planner, but I certainly enjoy uh, the real estate aspects of law where I'm kind of adjacent to that. And I'm yeah. always curious uh, with clients in that area to learn um, what some of the other concerns that, you know, other professionals are helping them with or, you know, some of the wider angle stuff uh, beyond just the legal side of it that I'm advising them on. Cause yeah. I'm always, always happy and interested to learn and more about ass- those things. I assume it's always changing just like us, right. For you a little bit. I mean, obviously some stuff's the same, but there's always little aspects that are different and yeah, yeah. It's changing as a whole, right. So it must affect you guys a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, uh, we see lots of sort of little changes here and there when changes to, uh, mortgage qualification comes in, you'll mm-hmm. sometimes see, um, people getting into slightly more complicated family arrangements with getting a co-signer on right. or something like what that. What about private financing? More of that, are you seeing? Um, we, we see a bit. I, I find it's, um, it's not that often where we've got something where there's no banker, broker and invo- involved and it's just two local people who know each other. That yeah, doesn't no. come in a whole lot. But like a private through a broker. Yeah. Yeah. You, I think. You can't get conventional or whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You, through mm-hmm. brokers, we see a great wide variety of lenders who, who come in and, you know, sometimes it's 
um, Dave and Helen in Mission BC with um, some money that they're prepared to invest. Other times they're, uh, you know, standalone private financial institutions that are doing that a ton. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's always sort of interesting to see um, who's been who's been found to to bring the financing on some of those things. So you already sort of touched on this, but what is your role in a real estate transaction? Um, I think I think there's kind of two main answers to that question. Uh, in the context of a purchase or sale driven by a realtor, oftentimes by the time it's coming to us at that point, right. that's where. Um, by the time it's coming to us at that point, oftentimes the agreement is settled. Uh, a lot of the due diligence things have been investigated at that point. And so on some of those realtor driven transactions, you're often primarily just dealing with the money and the paperwork at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also purchases, whether that's because it's private, there's no realtor involved, there's something unusual about purchaser, seller or property where there's questions further up. Uh, and, and a lot more in the commercial sense. I mean, there's still yeah. commercial things that are primarily realtor driven transactions, but yeah, in those ones that aren't quite as realtor driven in the same way, we're, uh, doing more of the due diligence investigations, uh, and oftentimes there's maybe advising as to a certain use someone maybe has for the property if they're acquiring it for a business or for de uh, yeah, developing for sure. or something like that. Um, so that's, yeah, that's sort of the two main, um, two main distinctions, the, the realtor ones where people are primarily interested in money and paperwork at the closing and more unique ones where, yeah, you're having, um, a lot more involvement at, at various processes or at, at various stages higher up in the. Then of course we throw subjects to the lawyer, subjects to lawyer <laughs> approval in there sometimes, right? If it is something complicated, cause someone wants to get legal advice, especially if it is a business and there's financials and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we're, you know, we're not supposed to advise on that stuff, right? Legally, but yeah. And I, I think that one. there's definitely sometimes when I see subject conditions where, uh, it's very clear what everyone wants to happen with the subject condition. And so people are talking about the good end result that they're expect that the subject condition is going to get to. Mm -hmm. And there's times where you kind of have to look at it and say, yeah, okay. But what if this kind of goes wrong? This sentence doesn't really make sense. Or what if it's impossible to do the thing that's assumed will be done here? Or, uh, you know, you have things like that where I think you have to have some experience with seeing things go wrong. And <laughs> I think you have to have that kind of um, dour lawyer imagination of, uh, okay, what are all the different things that could go wrong? How likely are they to go wrong? If they do go wrong, what kind of situation are we going to find ourselves in? So, um, yeah, subject conditions are, are always interesting that way because people know what they want them to do, uh, but um, you, you have know, to see the future, right? The, the language can be tricky sometimes, you know, yeah, to figure sure. out exactly uh, how that's got to I had up. some really fun ones, I think, in my first year, and it wasn't, wasn't because I was new, it was just I got all the fun ones, like the crazy foreclosures and yeah. court and... The ones you did, I mean, those that was in my first year. Yeah, just, I I find sometimes that you a certain a certain type of challenge, shall we say, you you'll kind of get sometimes a run of a few of them, and mm -hmm. and you sort of find, oh, we're doing this again, um, or you think, well, oh, I remember last time we had one. Of the, really, please don't don't be like that last time. So. Uh, yeah, they, they do sometimes uh, come in bunches that way. Yeah, so. Tell me about your first time helping someone with their first uh, first time buying or selling a home. Do you remember? Um, not particularly. Um, yeah, to be honest, out? I, to be honest, the first one was probably a pretty straightforward realtor driven transaction, which which is what the largest number of them are and. The great majority of those go off without a hitch. Um, 
So, you know, as, as much as I liked meeting and speaking with those people in, in the signing appointment, um, you know, because we didn't find BC Hydro claiming some unregistered right of way or the bank falling down and because there was no notable scare, uh, it just kind of recedes into, into the background of, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't put my finger mentally on sort of the first time um, that way, but uh, there I can definitely think of some challenging ones where uh, you you make it to the other side and, and people are very happy about that because there was some point where it looked like... Um, maybe it wouldn't turn out that way. Yeah. And you solved the problem. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just mean, rewarding. I mean, same with real estate, right? It's yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, the, the one you've alluded to a couple times, very frustrating at the time. Um, uh, those did those ones did end up closing buyers moved into their new houses Plural and ones. Two yes, ones. Two yes. Ones. Um, <laughs> So, you know, there, there were some tense times on the phone, really hoping that the person on the other end was, uh, you know, gonna, gonna cooperate and getting it over the line. Uh, and yeah, people were quite happy when we said, actually, it's gonna be okay, we're gonna get through this. So, you know, there's, there's a satisfaction to be had for those happy endings, but there's also a lot of memory of some of well, the tough going before we got there. There's a lot of people there. hinging on it, right? I mean, there, yeah, that one, there was like, you know, two, two buyers and two sellers, and <laughs> four buyers and four sellers. And, yeah, um, yeah. Do you find like in a situation like that where there's an issue that you have to deal with between two parties, you find how you, because you're sort of like the middleman. and like, Well, we're the middleman, right. but then when it gets into something like that, you end up becoming the middleman with other lawyers. Do you find how you approach the other party makes a difference? Um, like, if you approach them like a hard ass, with I, going to court style, or do you approach them with a? I think I think it depends a little bit on the personalities involved, the kind of situation yeah, sure. it is, and um, what what it is that you need to get done. Uh, there's you know times where if someone else has the same pressure that's on everyone else, but it's double on them. Um, you know, it, it might be the kind of thing where you can kind of say, look, we all need to get this done. None more so than yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, other times you've got people who, uh, are going to look at, you know, cooperating with you. It's very much providing you a favor and, uh, you need to be, uh, keen to, to make sure that you're persuading them that it is a favor, uh, I think in a lot of those situations, it is very good to have an understanding of the concerns that those other parties are going to have and what the moves available to them are. Um, so, right. you know, all simply the, all the options, basically. Yeah. You know, if know. if it's about, you know, getting something financed or something, uh, simply saying, you uh, come on, can you just advance the money? We, our client really needs it. Come on. Like you're not being nice about this. Uh, not logical. That's yeah. If you're, if you're simply looking at it that way, you're not really setting your opposite number to, to sort of cooperate with you. But if you sort of understand, right. Okay. They're, advancing a bunch of money for a purchase. They might not be able to get their mortgage registered immediately in the way that they want. Yeah, they've got real concerns about how their money is going to be secured. Okay, if keeping their money secured and their position as a creditor is important, what are the things that we can do that are going to allay those concerns? Or if there's a particular risk that they're concerned about that that vulnerability maybe exposes them to, okay, maybe that is something that we can look at. Is there a way that we can um, take that risk off them or sort of mitigate or close that risk out? So uh, yeah, in, in kind of getting those complicated ones over the line where you need everyone to kind of cooperate in your process, you need you need to know not just what you need from everyone, but what it means for them 
to provide that, what it means for them to not provide that and, and sort of figure out how you can line up a path that, uh, that leads them to you. Not simple. <laughs> well, sometimes I Where were we? Uh, what brought you to Keith Spencer and practice to practice law? Um, I was actually in Courtney before I came here and uh, I was looking to move on from where I'd been uh, previously. And actually, Jay Havilar, one of my uh, partners, was one of the uh, people that I knew in Campbell River. Uh, as a, an articling student, I came up to Campbell River one day on something very small, didn't know anyone, was kind of keeping my head down. But uh, Jay being a, a young guy, but a little bit more time uh, in court. So I said, oh, I've never seen you here. Nice to meet you. And so I chatted him up a little bit. And yeah, when I was uh, looking at moving on from where I was previously, I said, hey, Jay, you're, you know, sort of the one person that I think that I know in Campbell River. Uh, I remember you're really nice and I'd, I'd love to get your ideas on um, what there might be in the way of positions up there. And uh, I just happened on a pretty good time when someone uh, practicing in the same area as me was about to move on and the firm was figuring, shoot, we've got a uh hole in our organization that's gonna uh crop up pretty soon and so uh it was a really positive bit of happenstance that i happened to send jay an email uh at about the same time that that they were discussing uh the issue that they're gonna have there so yeah i ended up uh coming up here sort of met everyone uh was quite keen on it and uh they uh, were keen on me, or at least that's what they said at the time. Maybe they felt they didn't have a move and they're stuck with me now. They Who must knows? be keen on you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, did you want to be in Campbell River over Colmox? Um, I think if you asked me at the time, putting the two communities side by side, I don't know that I would have said Campbell River, vastly superior, gotta go there. Just opportunity. Um, but it... It was a series of steps of kind of falling in love with Campbell River because uh, my my wife and I, we both grew up in uh, Sydney down around Victoria. And so uh, we had more experience, familiarity with the Comox Valley, not a whole lot with Campbell River. I remember coming here once or twice as like a... 10 or 12 year old and so it's changed a lot obviously. yeah although although the one mental image i have is being in the taii plaza parking lot looking at sort of the the low slung uh uh building of the stores there oh, yeah. um so yeah i just sort of had this kind of reputation of oh camel river uh, place up island i don't know uh and when we actually moved to courtney uh we came up to look for a place to live and we didn't realize that it was the weekend of music fest. Oh. So every hotel and motel room in town is booked except for like $600 in the top floor of uh, whatever the best Western is in Courtney. And so it just, it wasn't going to work. So the only place that we could find was uh, actually the Haida Hotel in Campbell River. Oh, no. So we just needed a night just at the end of the day of looking at six or seven rental properties. Um, and so we went, oh, this is kind of like downtown, just stone's throw to the ocean. Um, when we heard people arguing on the sidewalk at three in the morning, um, we didn't feel that we had made as good a choice, but you know, we're, we were already asleep best to just keep sleeping and move on. Yeah. But, uh, when we left that day, we thought, well, we've just got drive back to Victoria. We're not looking at any other places. We've got sort of a whole day to do it. Uh, let's, let's take the other route out of Campbell river. Cause we come in on the inland highway mm -hmm. and, we had no idea that Campbell River was just this beautiful place, you know, just laid out right alongside this beautiful stretch of oceanfront. Uh, so we just kind of spent 20 minutes driving down to Oyster Bay where the highway sort of turns away from the shore. Just every 30 seconds. Wow, this is incredible. Wow, look at that. Oh, wow. This is it's just right here. 
so I think that was kind of the beginning of it. And um, yeah, we, we just kind of became more and more impressed and enamored with Campbell River. And I think after living here for a year, uh, we came around to the view that we, we probably did like it more than uh, the Comox Valley. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're quite happy to be here and we've been, um, yeah, where we're at in Campbell River for about four and a half years now. So yeah, nice. yeah. a little cheaper than Victoria too for housing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Getting up there. Or... Um, tell me about a memorable case deal issue you've worked on recently. Do you have anything Um, well, it's good, always good sort of important to keep things, uh, confidential a little yeah, bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had, I, I must confess that doing sort of corporate and commercial stuff, it is, uh, a bit kind of unglamorous and not particularly <laughs> exciting. Um, it doesn't have the messy drama of family law cases or some okay. unusual fact scenario of some personal injury case. It's just fascinating. Um, so honestly, like I, I had a big company reorganization that I did this summer that I thought was pretty like complicated. Yeah. And I was pretty pleased with how it turned out. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think most of the viewing public out there on Facebook probably is not that impressed about <laughs> no. changing a company share structure. Unfortunately, we want to be organizing the shareholders. Yeah. It's good to know that you do that stuff, right? If someone needs it. Yeah. It's one of those things that yeah. where do you start? Right? So, but unfortunately, sort of uh, uh, scandalous local uh, gossip. I don't, <laughs> I don't get the exciting stuff, unfortunately. No. What do you, what do you see as the most challenging aspect of, of what you do? Um, it's pretty simple now. Got her down. <laughs> uh, I think, I think one of the things that I find, uh, that can be fairly challenging is, um, people who have unique land arrangements that they want to get into. If someone buys and sells, um, a fee simple house, it's, at, at base, it's fairly simple. On the big day, I'm going to need you to show up with this amount of money. That's great. I will. I'm going to need you to show up with clear title and give me that. Uh, it's fairly sort of straightforward that way. But when you get people sort of saying, well, um, my cousin's going to build a house back here. Uh, I'm not going to give it to my cousin for free. My cousin's going to pay me in some weird way, but... My cousin can't really cut a check in the right way. So actually this other person is going to find, and you know, if in case this ever happens that we're f afraid of, we need to make sure that we can do this. And so you have uh, an idea of the outcome that someone wants to achieve. And maybe they've written a letter to you and they've described the end result that they want. But as a lawyer, when you go to start drafting a document, you very much have to think of things in terms of the rights and obligations and how they're enforced as being um, an important aspect. So if we, if we all agree, okay, this corner of the yard will always be a garden. If we just put that phrase verbatim into our agreement, it doesn't really, it, it says kind of what we want to do, but you need something a little bit more concrete. Uh, Robert, at least once a week, will um, go into the garden and weed it so that weeds don't take over. It doesn't stop being a garden. Um, you know, Taylor will obtain this amount of grass seed every year to keep the lawn lush and green and stuff. So you start to realize that in terms of putting it into uh, clear instructions for someone, um, Very specific how we get there, you start to realize, well, what, are we asking them to do? Do we want to be very specific? And now there can be no doubt about what they have to do, but we might find in future, well, 
you know, shoot, we've, we said, you know, Taylor has to buy five kilograms of grass seed every two months to keep it. And what happens if, you know, all the grass dies and we agree it's got to be a rock garden now. Now an obligation that I supply all this grass seed, well, that doesn't really help. And so, okay, well, uh, Taylor will supply all the, all the plants that we need in there. And okay, so that's a clear different instruction. It's much more flexible. Now you and I are disagreeing and I say, you know, let's let's just let moss and lichen grow in there. It's the spores are in the air and I'm not going to have to pay anything for greener. And you start saying, well, no, why why would we make this garden just out of moss that naturally grows? That's ridiculous. And I say, well, Robert, I'm not paying to get mature palm trees flown in from Mexico that we're going to have to micromanage through the winter to stop them from dying. You start to realize, boy, we, we know that we just want a garden that looks good. And, but it's really hard to figure out how we get there. You know, what are, what are the steps that we really need to force people to do or prevent people from doing? So I find that's one of the big challenges where someone they've got an outcome that they want to realize it's a good outcome. You can understand why that's the outcome they want. But as you start translating it into actions that you're going to require from people, that's where you start to realize, well, shoot, what are we talking about doing here? Can we really ask someone to do that? So that's, that's always the thing. You, you know, I, I feel bad because I sometimes meet with someone and I say, okay, I know. Yeah. I think I know exactly where you want to get to this is clear and you set out to start writing it and you sort of say, well, buy two kilograms of grass. Well, that's maybe not going to work. And so that's a problem sometimes yet you have to take it back to the client and say, well, what do you want? And people start to realize that, shoot, we, we are pretty clear on our destination, but maybe we don't see eye to eye on our route. So those can be kind of the tricky things, translating intention into obligation. Yeah, that's... <laughs> see, that gets a lot more complicated with more specific stuff too, right? And the more things you put in place. Yeah. Like, I mean, like bare land stratas and all that stuff must get complicated too, right? The structure and all that. Um, what's your, uh, what is your greatest accomplishment in being a lawyer? Greatest accomplishment in being a lawyer. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, greatest accomplishment. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I don't, I, I, I always, I'm a bad person to ask what's your favorite. What's the worst that ever, like because that it's a green thing. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like I can't remember all of the things I'm going to miss something. And, uh, I when and don't say your wife. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> February 9th, married to my wife. Terrific. Nothing else in life for me. That was the apex. Uh, <laughs> that's the best. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, why don't we leave it at that? Because I, that. I'm just going to unpack the, the philosophical complexity of what is it to be the best and, and all those things. So. Oh, it's supposed to be being a lawyer, though. That gets the wife out. What I said earlier. <laughs> um, what are your long-term goals? Um, that's a good question. I have a list of things that I would love to learn or know more about um so they're not achievements it's sort of hobbies that i wish that i had right um so yeah i mean i'd uh love to learn how to sail at some point um you know more sort of uh hands-on crafty fixing things um that's the trade-off that you spend lots of time in <laughs> post-secondary using your brain, your hands become uh, soft and white and not very good. For... Uh, I like I like to garden a lot at my house. Um, yeah. I, I 
sort of got into it uh, two summers in law school working on an organic farm oh. for my summer job. Uh, so I quite enjoy that. I, I quite enjoy sort of growing things and working out there. Uh, a lot of like sort of building technical stuff, uh, not so much. No. Um, another guy in the firm, him and I, we both uh, like to look at, talk about, think about cars, but you know, I'll ask him, oh, what'd you do this weekend? Well, I popped this part of my car out and cleaned this half and replaced the other and stuff like, oh, that's great. I can't imagine that. I think the ship has sailed that, <laughs> yeah, where I'm going to be working enough. on my car, but you know, maybe, maybe someday learn how to sail. Um, different brains do different things. Like I was a mechanic before, so it's a big change uh, right. in real estate, right? But yeah, I, there's something I like about the idea that you're just using the wind, that the sun differences between hot cool. and cool there are, you know, just constantly moving around. Um, yeah. There's something sort of beautiful and elegant about kind of the simplicity and, and naturalness of that. So I kind of draw into that. But. Yeah. I think it's a lot of work too. It's nice to be on the sailboat and someone else sailing it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, it's a, it's a work in progress. Too. Yeah. You have to learn what you're doing, right? There's these, we went camping in our boat this uh, summer, and there's these little kids in like a little tiny sailboat. Oh, yeah. A little, little thing, and they're ripping around with this little sail. It's hilarious. <laughs> So a lot, a lot more, a lot less complicated, I assume, in a little boat like that than maybe one with like, I, I would think so, yeah. There's not mm -hmm. a lot of mechanical equipment that you're trying to manage yeah, and just... your boat only draws six inches of water and it's just a <laughs> tiny little fiberglass tub it doesn't really matter i guess if you scrape something do you have any advice for anyone who's interested in becoming a lawyer um i would say make sure that you're sure that it's what you want to do because it's yeah. uh a long path to get there in terms of post-secondary and then uh, articling, which is the sort of um, on-the-job apprenticeship aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it there's certain, I think, personality traits that people assume will be good and they aren't always. And there's ones that people don't necessarily associate with it. Uh, that are quite useful. I mean, one of the common things you hear is, um, uh, I'm good at arguing and I like to argue. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think that's a thing that I should do. And those cantankerous, you know, I just want to get into it with you and have a row. It's not, um, it's not as productive as it seems sometimes. Um, sure. you can't have people kind of getting hot and bothered and losing their focus uh, you need a certain amount of, um, I don't know if empathy is the word because I, that sounds like something a little bit more emotional. You, you definitely need to be able to, uh, see sort of the case for what you're trying to do, but also the case against so that you understand, mm -hmm. uh, what's motivating your opponent, what strengths they have that you maybe need to be mindful of what weaknesses they've got and how that's going to shape how they, uh, perform. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I find, um, not infrequently in, in my work, just being that it's not as, argumentative there's not as much dispute about what actually happened that oftentimes the solicitor on the other side that i'm dealing with uh we're both trying to solve a problem and we've both been on sort of all sides of a deal like that mm -hmm. so we understand what the other person's problem is and so you know if if i'm selling something and uh, we don't like some term of the deal and you go to the buyer and say like, we, we really need this part of it changed. We, we can't go for that. And the buyer says, well, we've got a lender who's making it a requirement that we do this. And that kind of seems like the best way to get there. You start to sort of realize, okay, right. The lender's right to be concerned about that. Okay. There's, there are only a couple ways to address that. So you know, doing it one of two ways is the only way that these people are going to go for it. Um, me screaming into the phone about how we really want some third way 
is not really productive if I know that it's something that they can't probably provide to us or agree to or whatever. So um, I think that, and I think, um, you know, sort of a hair splitting approach to detail. Um, You know, you, you see the sort of like social media arguments, you know, is pizza a sandwich and whatnot. Um, You know, I think that there's a lot of people going really deep into that who, um, are very much thinking like lawyers when they do that, when they sort of, you know, what, what is it to be a sandwich? Is it bread, meat, cheese folded into it? And, you know, well, no, a sandwich is about, you know, something that you can hold in two hands because it's clean and dry on top of it. You know, so I think, uh, there, there's definitely a need for the people who say, well, you know, a Greek restaurant and a Mediterranean restaurant, aren't exactly the same thing They're, you know, so I, I think people who say, Oh God, who cares about that fine distinction? <laughs> You're going to have a bad time because the fine distinctions are, um, very much something that you need to be alive to yeah, in some of those sure. things. So in some cases, in, not, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not the sandwich or the pizza. Maybe, no, no. Maybe but... if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, uh, passionate about it yeah if, if you think it's fascinating looking at why what a sandwich is and why all these different food items are or are not you might be afflicted with the kind of peculiar sense of observation that is needed to be a lawyer i suppose yeah i find like i mean i think if everyone feels like they're getting something is key right like i was right. an example with my clients if you come in 20 grand or 50 grand under asking price on an offer and you're never willing to go anywhere. That's just it. You're a hard number. And it's happened. I've, well, I've, I think I've only ever had it happen once in one of my listings and the deal, it didn't come together. But if you're not willing to come up at all and you want another party to come down on that 20, 50 grand, five grand, right. whatever, and you're not willing to come up, then you're not giving them anything. Like there's no win for them. Yeah. You got to make them feel like that you've given, give and take, right? Yeah. I think that's huge. And then with the other, other uh, agent, I think, if you can, for lack of better words, not be a jerk. Right. <laughs> it goes a long way because that yeah. gets relayed to the clients in how they took what you said. Yeah. Right? So just trying to get along with everyone, I think is huge for sure. If you were left in the woods, so these are just a little more questions about you that are kind of funny questions. Um, if you're left in the if you're left in the woods with only only the items in this room, <laughs> not much in this room. Uh, what would you build? Um. Looking around. What would I build? So I, I'm lost in the woods. I, I'm trying to survive. Okay, well. Survive. What would you do with the stuff in this room? Probably taking room. these chairs and the bookcase to make sort of a shelter. I get maybe turn this table to kind of create a wall. That's probably the first thing. Um, what else is going to be? Uh, uh, I guess you use. Like you burn the TV. Well, that might not be good for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it if it uh, gets someone's attention, they say, "Oh, some uh, yeah, polluter! That that is a terrible color of smoke. Who who would dare do that in the forest? Yeah, if it leads to your rescue, I, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They turn up and say, you know, here's a ticket for polluting. Get yourself out of the woods, you awful, awful person. Then I guess the TV has kind of backfired um yeah this i guess you, you folks at home or out online can't really see this you probably like put water in that and drink go. from it kind of like a neoprene uh um yeah there you are like a uh i'd say just fire like up facebook canteen live kind of, tell well yeah save you. <laughs> turn the gps on <laughs> but yeah hi facebook um, i'm in the forest if you recognize this forest please send help <laughs> The beacon, emergency number one. <laughs> if you had a time machine, uh, would you go back in time or into the future? Um, probably back in time. Um, and pick a different path besides a lawyer? No. Uh, <laughs> Still. Like, uh, what did you say? Uh, urban, urban. Yeah, urban go, go back to high school, me. Check out urban planning. It might be all right. <laughs> Um, the law thing has, has worked out well too. I mean, I could yeah, find myself, yeah, 
chained to a desk in the city of Vancouver, just dealing with the same person trying to build something that they're not allowed to over and over again, just hating it. Maybe, maybe that would happen. Um, the grass is always green on the other side, no matter what you do in life. There's always hard stuff. Yeah. I, I feel like if you went in the past, you would, um, I feel like you'd be like a little bit more of a tourist. Like you're, you're kind of going to like an attraction. You kind of already know a little bit about it. And so you're going to get to see it up close. Whereas the future is, I don't know, potentially terrifying. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, uh, <laughs> took a dark turn. Um, <laughs> but also just like that sort of responsibility, like, like best case scenario, it works out like back to the future too. And you find out, Oh my God, I know who's going to win the world cup in you know whatever future date i'm gonna make myself rich with the knowledge of the future but you know you also hear about people learning like they've got genetic diseases that they're gonna inherit and now they can't live their life with any peace because they know that um you know this thing that's not present is is probably sort of stalking them and and eventually so yeah i mean i i think that you're, you're not going to go to the past and learn something that you wish you didn't know. You can learn more maybe from what you already did. Like, I mean, they only say yeah. like, how much do you learn when you do like even training or law school. Yeah. It's like 15% that you take in or something crazy number like that. Yeah. If you go back and take in 30%, you'd be yeah. a lot smarter today. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> go back, read the old exam. Okay, I didn't do as well in this section. <laughs> We're going to go back to those classes. We study that. <laughs> How much of it, of, it, of it is useful information day to day, though, right? Um, if you could make a rule for a day and everyone had to follow it, what would it be? Um, a rule. That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I mean, this is kind of a silly answer, but uh, I've suggested in past that when I am king, uh, there'll be one day out of every year where each person, it's not going to be one day where everyone does it, just in you, 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 in the next 365 days, you will pick one of those days where you have to wear a wig for the day. And it's a wig of your choice. Um, so, you know, everyone's going to have a day where they look a bit different. They kind of, the world experiences them differently. They experience themselves differently. And, you know, it seems kind of silly that way. Um, that said, something a little bit more practical. Um, just uh, Shoppers Row in Campbell River is terrific. Some of the four-way stops are terrible. And I would just love to tell people if a car is already partway in the intersection, don't just walk out into the crosswalk. It's that person's turn. You're next. But just because <laughs> when you stop that car in the middle, you stop everyone. And it goes for the cars as well. If someone is ahead of you in line and they're crossing in the crosswalk, don't ease out into the intersection just because, again, you're just you're blocking everyone else. out. Yeah. So that's I don't know. It's it's not that exciting. It's not as much fun as wear a wig day for everyone, but it's a little bit more <laughs> practical. Maybe. Stop. Yeah, maybe the uh, the Facebook users of Campbell River will take that to heart and, and whatnot. I, I don't know. Uh, do you have anyone else or any recommendations of someone to interview? Um, it's a good question. Uh, off the top of my head, not particularly. Um, I feel like I don't know a ton of people in town. Like I know people that I work with that I come across from that, but having... Not growing up here, I don't know sort of as yeah, many people maybe. Real um, yeah, and I mean, I've got a young toddler, so so much of my weekend is sort of looking down at two and a half feet off the ground and chasing after. So um, most of the adults that I meet are just also people head down following a two-year-old and we bump into each yeah. other. Um, but actually... It can be anyone, business, restaurant... There's, we did charity earlier. I will be honest. There's a couple people that I see around town and something about the way that they're going. I just kind of think, what, what is that? I got to know about that person. 
So there's a woman who goes around on a scooter and she's got a crate with a tiny dog in the back and she's always zipping around on the scooter and <laughs> the helmet or the box or the scooter has a sticker that says, be a flirt, lift your shirt. And I, I'm just fascinated about who this dog owner is ripping around town on their Vespa. Uh, so yeah, if if you're out there, scooter lady be a flirt, the dog. lift your shirt, scooter lady with the dog. I, it's, I know that I was driving behind her one day and I saw, oh, look at the little dog. That's kind of cute. And then I saw the sticker and yeah, I just, I can't, can't forget it now. Be a flirt with your shirt. <laughs> if I see her, I'll ask her. <laughs> well, that's the I thing. Might have to, maybe on the spot and be okay, let's fire one up quick. Well, you'll, you'll probably see her the way that I, like, she's on the scooter, so you're walking down the street. Oh, th- there she is. Yeah, I, yeah. I can never stop her. There is one other person, and I did almost have a chance to stop them uh, last summer. There's a guy who has, it's, it's like, um, it's like a Segway scooter, but it's just one wheel and there's sort of a board on either side of it. It kind of looks like, um, you and I are about the same age. You maybe remember as a kid, there was some sort of toy that was like a Nerf ball with like a plastic player. It kind of looks like Saturn and the rings and you kind of pinch the the ball with your feet and sort of bounce on it. Pogo ball, I think. Yeah. So it looks like one of those pogo ball things with, you know, sort of the board that he stands on with this one wheel in the center and it's powered by something. I can't really see any motor on it, Um, but he just like silently glides around. There's LEDs on the front. And it's only a one wheel and it bounces? Yeah, yeah. It's but like not, a Segway scooter wheels. where he kind of, like if this is it, you know, he kind of leans forward to go forward. One foot here, one foot here, one wheel, wheel in the middle. Too. You know, and you sort of lean back to slow up like a, a Segway. I, I don't know if he's made it himself. This huh. summer, I saw another guy rolling around on one with him. And I was at my mailbox last summer and he rolled by and I went, oh yeah, it's the guy with the thing. Always huh. wonders you see about all that. the cool things. How come and as he rolls away, like, oh, that was my chance. I could have said, what is that thing? Did you make it? Where are you always <laughs> coming and going from? Um, so get out on Try the sidewalks and, and on the streets. There's people uh, rolling around town in interesting vehicles. And I just want to know what their deal is. But, you know, I'm walking and they're... Zipping past me. If you run him over, then we could. I hit him. Oh, no, I wouldn't him. dare. Oh, I wouldn't dare. No, no. Uh, honk. You honk. You honk I, next time. I want them to continue riding their fun vehicles. I just want to know where they came from where and they where came. they're going. We'll I guess. <laughs> Hopefully, awesome. no one is he- out there hearing this and going, Uh-oh. "Oh God, this guy's <laughs> looking at me every." So. Well, of course they're looking at you if you got a helmet like that and your <laughs> dog in your crate. And- People watching. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Don't forget to keep it social.